0: And welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode thirty-two. Josh, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm great, man. I'm feeling like an old man. My knees aren't exactly doing what they're supposed to, but you know, whatever. Um, I will. I am happy to announce that you know, for the first time in what feels like years, uh, I actually saw a movie on opening weekend. Yeah. It's kind of weird, isn't it? It is. It it is, and it was like, and to really show you how weird it was for me, I wait. I went to a full theater as well. I didn't wait to one of my my like early times or anything. Like I I went at like ten o'clock at night. And the well, was that's packed. a perfect segue,
0: actually, into our news discussion. Uh, our first movie news topic. Josh and I both saw Avengers Endgame, and judging by the box office, you guys did too. Holy cow did this movie kill at the box office. So early projections by Disney and a lot of analysts had this movie coming in at around $280 million opening weekend, which would break the current record, which was uh, Avengers Infinity War, which before that was uh, Force Awakens. But as the weekend progressed, the number and the estimate kept getting higher and higher, to which then people started to wonder is it, is it going to get over 300 million? Not only did it get over 300 million, it crossed that in leaps and bounds, finishing its domestic run opening weekend at a whopping and record setting $357 million opening weekend. And one point two billion dollars with a b worldwide
1: i um this is incredible dude i i i don't I don't know how to react i mean in one in one like factor in one facet of it, I'm not surprised because the movie's incredible um but on the other hand, like jeez, like there really are a lot more you know marvel fans than I thought there were. Either that, or this really is just the cultural phenomenon that you and I have kind of placed it as. Yeah, it's not just that it broke the record; it
0: demolished it. It's not like it beat the past record by five million or even ten million. It beat it by a solid almost ninety million dollars. This. I was listening to John Campia uh, earlier this week. We will never, ever see this again. Someday, some movie's going to come along and break um, Endgame's opening weekend box office record of 357. We'll never see somebody clear this record by this much ever again. We'll never see somebody with a $400 million opening weekend. This is ridiculous. And all the analysts going into it were like, it's three hours, that's going to... Hurt box offices. People aren't going to be willing to sit through a three-hour movie. Uh, theaters won't be able to show as many showings. Theaters made room for showings. Yeah.
1: Which and just honestly, goes to prove... It just goes to prove that they can totally do more showings if they want of any movie. So screw them. Anyway. Well, that's um, not
0: up to them. It's more demand. And more yeah. often than not, there is not as high of a demand. This this was dem Ridiculousness of... It sold out everywhere. If you wanted to get tickets day of, maybe if you want, when the theater opened at 10 a.m., you can get tickets for a 5 or 7 p.m. showing that night. Everything else,
1: good luck. We were in the second row all the way to the side. It was the only two seats left. Yeah, it was incredible. And that's saying something, too, because uh, within, like, 10 minutes of my place, um, there's, like, three or four movie theaters, right? And... Uh, one of them had 20 showings for the day. For this is Thursday, 20 showings for Thursday, and one had 27, and one the biggest one in the area, I think, had I think close to 30 something showings. Yeah, the theaters are staying
0: open late. This is nuts. 1.2 billion opening weekend to get a billion in your opening weekend alone. Movies <laughs> would kill to have a billion in their final run. But this really begs the question, and I put the meme on um, Facebook when I saw it again on Sunday, looking at the box office aus- totals of Thor um, with that bring me Thanos scene from Infinity War, except this time, bring me Avatar! Because Avatar is the last big record left. And to be honest, if I'm Avatar right now, I'm sweating bullets. I'm getting nervous. Yeah, absolutely. I... I'll be very curious to see what this week will hold for the box office and what this next weekend will be whether Absolutely. there's going to be a big drop off or a 50% drop off which even yeah. if it's a 50% drop
1: off in ticket sales that's still a really really big weekend Absolutely I uh, yeah the big thing is and this is always part of our discussion is whether or not it's going to have legs it's going to go on challenge
0: for about three weeks and then Detective Pikachu will come along. And even exactly. then, if it goes at the rate of dropping 50% each week, which I'm expecting it to, Detective Pikachu still would need $90 million to beat it at the box
1: office. And I don't know if it does. I mean, I think Detective Pikachu will be a big deal. I think it will. Uh, it's going to depend on how good the movie is, actually, now that I think about it. But we'll see, man. I, I I don't think it'll have as big of an opening as this, because I, I, although Pokemon is that popular, but I don't know if it's that popular.
0: Yeah, and to be honest, I think we're going to have to backtrack, and we're going to be wrong on one of the predictions we made at the beginning of the year. There's no chance now that Lion King catches this. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, maybe if Lion King really has some legs, but... Endgame man, Endgame is the big boy now. And that's actually going to be our main discussion later on in the show. We're going to go through our full spoiler-filled discussion of Avengers Endgame because honestly, if you're really going to be talking about this, you got to put up spoilers for this because so much happens in this. So that is your first of many spoiler warnings. Our main discussion today will be a spoiler-filled discussion of Avengers Endgame. Uh but we'll get back to Endgame in a little bit here. We've got some other news. And of course, some Quasi-wrestling-related news. Uh, so, as you all know, The Rock recently, a few movies back, I believe it was either Fast Five or Fast Six, joined the Fast and Furious franchise. Now, he is not the only former WWE man to step behind the wheel of the car, as now it's being reported that Vin Diesel has brought on John Cena to be in Fast and the Furious 9. Uh... Okay. Also, side note, I forgot Roman Reigns is also going to be in Hobbs and Shaw. So, this will be the third wrestler from the WWE <laughs> in the Fast and Furious franchise.
1: This is <laughs> this is just, they're just becoming the movies of the big, swole, funny guys. Like, it was, it was, I don't. It, at this point, I'm not surprised. So, how many more movies
0: then until we get a rock scene of face-off on the big screen? Next movie, guaranteed. Because you know, you know, they want that in the back of their mind, mainly just for the marketing purposes, because people will pay for that.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But also, I think uh, the big thing with Cena is he is trying to get more uh, dramatically challenged. Yes, I guess, what,
0: clearly, Fast and Furious just demands dramatically challenged. Let me
1: finish my point, jerk. <laughs> Um he mentioned uh coming off the all the promotional stuff for Bumblebee that he wanted to play more bad guys because if he feels like it challenges him a little bit more, which I can totally see. Um so I mean I can see that happening. Him to being, be honest, watching Bumblebee, he's really not the bad guy. Well, yes, I understand that. But you get his point, regardless. Yeah. Um, putting
0: my tinfoil hat on here. Because I do that from time to time. Remember a few years back, and I don't know if it's still a thing or not, but remember Vin Diesel and The Rock have, having some beef over some stuff on the set of Fast and Furious? Yes. Do you think this is like Vin kind of getting a little, and you're going to hate me for this, being a little vindictive because The Rock is getting you. his own spin-off franchise?
1: I hate you. I, I hate you now. Um, I mean, I guess... But At the same time, in some ways, you do have to. If Hobson, if you know Hobson Shaw, don't like exist now in the in the Fast and Furious movies, which would be weird if they didn't. Um, then you do technically, I guess, also with the absence of Paul Walker, you need at least one more character to kind of fill some voids.
0: Yeah, um, I think this is a good role for Cena primarily because. He's not leading man material yet, but he's a really good supporting character. And I would like to see him do more villainous stuff. I could definitely see him being the bad guy for this. Absolutely. Now, this one, Josh, I don't know if you're excited. I'm excited primarily because it's, like, officially happening. It, It just dawns on me more that this is actually happening. James Gunn is doing the Suicide Squad movie. We know we've known that for quite a while now. He's now made a casting choice that makes me quite happy. We now have our polka dot man. We're actually Get getting a polka dot Stop. man.
1: I, I just how how is this happening? I don't and the actor that they, they've got to play him is I mean, I won't lie, I do enjoy him. And I guess. From what you've told me of Polka Dot Man, uh, it works, I guess.
0: (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right or not. It's uh, David Dash Nettle, I believe is how I pronounce it. Uh, He's in Ant-Man as one of the funny supporting characters. Uh, He's also in The Dark Knight as the paranoid schizophrenic that's got um, Rachel Dawes' name tag on that uh, Harvey Dent tries to interrogate for a little bit. Uh, He's been in stuff. I know his face. I feel like he was on Parks and Rec for a little bit, but I might yeah, be mistaken so. for somebody else. Just the fact uh, that we're getting Polka Dot Man is more than enough for me.
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's it's definitely shaping this new suicide squad to uh to being something completely different.
0: Now there's also rumors, it's not official, there's rumors of uh rat catcher being cast too. So ah. one But one, I don't know the actress that they got. And two, I don't know who Ratcatcher is. Everyone was like, they are gender bending Ratcatcher. So now it's a woman. I'm just going, first of all, who's Ratcatcher? Yeah. So that's why I didn't really put that in the notes. I'm just putting that as an aside of we have somebody else that's been cast, but I don't know who it is and what the role is. But okay. Is it going to be anything like Squirrel Girl? Because I don't know if I'm okay with that. I just hope it's not like Slipknot in the first Suicide Squad. We're just kind of here to see why they should listen to Amanda Waller type thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, Although if you're going to do so, do that, at least it's with somebody like Rat Catcher. I,
0: I don't know. But Going back to Polka Dot, man, as dumb as it sounds, knowing James Gunn's tendency for outlandish things... I can totally see them going with the classic polka dot, like, man outfit of, like, the white spandex with polka dots everywhere. I'd, I'd be so down for that. Yeah, I can see that. Well, um, the last bit of movie news before we talk about some trailers that came out. This movie is both good and bad, I think. Uh, Fantastic Beast 3, whatever it's going to end up being called. Fantastic Beasts three has now been delayed until late 2021. In which case, that means to me, Warner Brothers is going. How do we politely fire
1: J.K. Rowling? <laughs> so I still haven't seen the second one because part of that is because you you were so adamant um, about how much you hated it, and I was like, well, I'm not going to pay to watch it now. So I just haven't gotten around to watching it. So I'm not that ingrained um but based on your reactions i I don't think it's gonna be that big of a deal not just me it definitely had
0: very much a critical reception drop off compared to the previous harry potter films and even the previous fantastic beasts i think this is them like taking a big step back reevaluating everything going okay what did we do wrong (sighs) the problem is the problem is jk rowling but they can't do it without her. Or I feel like they think they can't do it without her.
1: That's fair. And, you know, and in some ways, though, they can't. I don't know legally if they can't, if they are allowed to do it without her. No,
0: I've never seen somebody with a tighter grip on their property. And I'm including George Lucas and Star Wars in that category. This woman, like, approves everything, unless it's over Twitter, in which case she just randomly makes something canon because she felt like tweeting about it.
1: Yeah, which is not okay.
0: Yeah. Thanks, J.K. Rowling. I always wondered
1: how Wizards went to the bathroom in Hogwarts. Yeah. So anyway, um, while we're on the topic of poop, um, let's talk about that Sonic trailer. (sighs) That transition worked too well for this piece of duty. That was probably the best segue I think I've ever done.
0: (laughs) Oh, boy. This, This Sonic trailer, man. It's the stuff of nightmares.
1: So here's the thing: there Uh-oh. are little, there's little bits of this trailer that are cool.
0: The and sound effects.
1: Of, I'll give you that. Kind of, yeah, and kind of interesting. And the take on Doctor Robotnik is something I think makes sense. They did flash his like his original, oh, his OG design at the end of the trailer. Um, but kind I, of. Kind of, I guess, but uh, yeah, but no, you're right. Like, why are his legs so long? Why is his why are his quills like like full of electricity? Like, what's going on?
0: <laughs> like, honestly, the sound effects are the only thing that I'm just like, oh, that's cool. But even then, I'm just like, oh, I recognize those sounds. I'm still terrified of what I'm saying on screen. That is not Sonic. That is someone that's going to kill me in my
1: dreams. Yeah. So we'll see, man. I uh <laughs> I think it has the potential to be good. I think I can I can almost guarantee I can call the story right now. Um but yeah. Oh okay actually.
0: There was one shot in the trailer that I was like, Oh, that's a clever idea. But then the more I thought about it, I was like, Wait, you're just stealing that from Avengers. And that's there's a shot in the trailer where they use the ring, like fall through the ring because
1: it's a portal or something yeah. yeah which i i'm not sure i understand i didn't play a lot of sonic growing up yeah me so neither
0: I'm, i have some I'm sonic not, games not
1: but i don't know that. sonic lore i from my understandings like rings if you went through them there were always things that like made you go faster i thought so you
0: collected I them not go well there was them. that too there was
1: those and there was bigger rings that that you could go through that way oh yeah 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 faster. But I like yeah I don't I mean while it is a cool shot and a cool concept it doesn't I don't know if it makes sense. So here, here let's do this. I'm going to call the storyline right now, are you ready? And then uh in November when the movie comes out, we can uh you know look back and see if Josh was right. So I'm going to call the story, ready? No. So <laughs> So I think something happens to where Sonic gets tra- trapped on in our world, right? And so the scene where we see him running super fast is actually him trying to run super fast into a portal to get back to his, his world. And so the explosion is, of course, a, of something going wrong and him being unable to get back to his world. And so we're going to spend this movie uh, with... Sonic, as he tries to discover who he is out without his friends and outside of his world, while while exploring our world and trying to get home. That's scary. How accurate that sounds. Because, like, just based on the trailer alone, that's exactly what it sounds like. This movie feels like it's fifteen years too late. Like
0: this feels like one of those like Garfield, Smurfs, Hop type movies.
1: you know what it reminds me of the first trailers for the uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles reboot oh do you like am I right though like it it has that feeling of like I don't know what this is this feels like it's supposed to be something from my childhood but it still makes me uncomfortable
0: I've this could just be me as a Turtles fan. I feel like the re- reaction to those early Turtles trailers was much more harsh to compared to this Sonic one. This Sonic I mean, one across the board is just like everyone that I've seen is just, nope, this looks bad. No thanks. Whereas it was downright outrage for the Turtles stuff.
1: Yes. And then, and then we saw the first one and we were like, oh, okay. Well, that wasn't too bad, I guess. Oh, no. It was awful. I hate nah. those movies. Yeah, well, I hate the second one. I, I don't See, mind. I
0: like the one. second one more than the first one.
1: Look, man, I don't except okay, for
0: Casey Jones. That's that's garbage. exactly.
1: Well, that's because it's Stephen Amell and he can't act. So anyway, um, the Sonic trailer. Wow, so
0: that's not where I was going to go with that. But uh, yeah. So anyway, right, take um, there. This just yeah, <laughs> it
1: feels like it's too
0: outdated. Now you watch this. This also feels like it's a straight to D, like straight to DVD. Just awful, but. You watch. They're trying to set up their Sonic cinematic universe, and the end credits will be Knuckles and Tails.
1: I actually saw a very interesting take that will never happen, but it could be super, really, like, nerdy and funny. So we have Detective Pichu- Pikachu coming out, right? And then we have Sonic coming out, right? And then there's there's news of another uh, Super Mario Bros. movie animated animated yes but a new movie coming out regardless so what if they're building a super smash bros universe <laughs> and and so like slowly they'll drop hints throughout the movies until we have like an end game style like it's uh, not thanos at the Aven- end credits
0: of avengers it's just a giant hand <laughs> giant floating hand.
1: Oh man. And
0: then we then get we a Star any... Fox movie. <laughs> I would pay for
1: that. Not gonna lie. We
0: don't get Mario, we get Dr. Mario. Yes. We just get the obscurities. Oh man. Okay, then... I'm fine with that so long as we get a Metroid movie.
1: Exactly. No, I would oof, I would throw a ton. and that's a that's a female Metroid like hard R
0: awesome. um like Hacksaw Ridge level violent. Yes.
1: That'll like never Alien,
0: alien level but violence. Going back to Sonic, getting real sidetracked, the sad thing is looking at some like fan uh, like edits of stuff in the trailer, this movie missed opportunities that were right in front of their faces. What fans yeah. can do in five minutes is better yeah. than a studio, that's a big red flag to me. Yeah, I agree. Of like his eyes are... Creepy, they're human eyes. What up like you said earlier? What up with his legs?
1: It's just creepy, man. It is. I, I think right now the only thing I really, really like is when he jumps off the truck and goes right into his spiral. I thought that was super cool. Yeah, good sound than, effects uh, for that. Exactly. But like other than that, it's like uh eh. and it right now I don't mind. Jim Carrey, Um, I did see someone say it's just uh, what was it? It's just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey. It's uh, Scientist Ventura. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Or Space Space Ventura. And I was like, I I mean, I'll pay to see that. Yeah. Ventura in Spain. Well, thankfully,
0: this is not the only trailer that we had this past week. These next two trailers, uh, we're going to talk about dropped last week but also were attached to Avengers Endgame. So while we talk about trailers that led up to Endgame, think of them as trailers to our discussion about Endgame. See what I did there? Um, I did. We have a new Men in Black trailer, which to me is honestly the best one yet and gives us more of a clear picture of what the story will be. So apparently their main enemies will be the Hive, uh, which are shapeshifters. To me, this just kind of further confirms my theory that I've had As you know, from day one, that Liam Neeson is actually the bad guy.
1: Yes, but there, I think now there's the possibility that it's not Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson. It's like a shapeshifter that's taken its place.
0: Yes. In some capacity, the actor of Liam Neeson will be a bad guy at some point in this movie. Yes. The other interesting thing that I like that they introduce in this trailer is... um, The effects of the neuralizer don't always hit the intended target of Tessa Thompson's character. is like, you neuralized my parents, but you didn't get me. They forgot everything, but I remember you neuralizing them. So I've been searching for you guys for 20 years. I like that way. This, This means, like, right off the bat, I care about this character because she's resourceful. She's smart. She's been hunting the men in black instead of the men in black hunting her. I think that's a really cool reversal. She's more oh, or less absolutely. the Will Smith
1: character from the first one. I really like what they're doing with her. Oh, yeah. And it, it, having Valkyrie play her in, in general is, is going to be a good idea as well.
0: Never a bad idea, no.
1: I mean, and yes, I realize she has a real
0: name, but she's Valkyrie, so shush. Which we'll talk about Valkyrie uh, in our discussion. but And we always talk about it every time. Chris Hemsworth's comedic timing is just fantastic. I'm really excited to see more of their chemistry together uh in Men in Black. I loved Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in Thor: Ragnarok, but the two of them together, I'm really excited to see what they do with Men in Black. Absolutely. This is this is really what Men in Black needs right now. This this franchise is all but dead. This could really be the shot in the arm that it desperately needs.
1: Exactly, and honestly, like this could easily just be a one-off, and I don't think anybody would necessarily complain, Uh, but I also think that that's probably a smart move to make this just a one-and-done. So, um, a few years back, when those Sony
0: leaks happened, um, that all those emails got leaked and whatnot, there was talk of crossing over the Men in Black, like the Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith Men in Black, with the Jump Street movies. If this Men in Black does well, I can absolutely see that Men in Black crossing over Jump Street. And if that happens, sign me up. Oh, absolutely! Oh, Channing man, Tatum Chris and I'm, Chris Hemsworth with Tessa Thompson oh. and Jonah Hill.
1: Oh, that is that is perfect. That's I am so down for that. Twenty three in black. <laughs> uh Maybe work on the title a little bit, but yes, Men in Jump Street. Okay, I'm done with
0: that. Yeah, that's a pairing that I could really go with. And, like, Uh, they neuralize Jonah Hill. They don't even bother neuralizing Channing Tatum.
1: Because he's so, like, plastered or something. He's just an idiot.
0: Now, uh, the first Men in Black, well, all three Men in Blacks, actually, really put Will Smith on the map. Will Smith is back in this new film that... I have mixed feelings about and I'll I'll go into detail in a little bit as to why. Um uh, we're obviously talking about the trailer for Gemini Man. Before I go into my thoughts, Josh, what did you think about this new Gemini Man trailer?
1: Um, it's interesting, but it has the rings of Hitman. Come again. Like the two the two movies? Uh Hitman, the movies? In the games, it's got like that feel for me. Really? I
0: don't know but, like, what I guess vibe I'm getting from. Fake. Um, I got a couple red flags with this one, but um get, what else did you get from this trail before I go into my
1: complicated thoughts on this movie? Um, I called where they were going before they got there. Uh the whole the only reason you can't beat him is because he's you. Um
0: Which, okay, before I go into my side tangent. I laugh every time, and I know I shouldn't. In the trailer, when he's talking to his boss, he's just like, you made a person out of another person. And I'm just going, yeah. yes, Will, that's where babies come from. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it's it goes.
1: Not well, not well delivered at all. So
0: like, you made a person out of another person. Yes, a person is always involved when making another person, even if it is a clone. Like, yeah, it's a poorly written line, poorly delivered, but I think that's going to be the whole movie. I don't think this is going to be a good movie, and here's why. So this movie has been in development hell for a very long time. Like, they've been really trying to get this movie made, and it's had a lot of production issues. Uh, The director is Ang Lee, who is known for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon but he's also known for the 2003 Eric Bana Hulk movie. Yay. So, yeah, they advertise Life of Pi. Well, he also did Hulk. So...
1: I mean, Life of Pi is pretty good. But it's not an action movie. Also true.
0: Yeah. Ang Lee, when he made uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, said he always wanted to do an action movie. One action movie. I don't think this movie's going to have as much action as we think because Ang Lee is more of a methodical think through the cognitive process type director like a deep thinking director and this movie, I'm sure he'll want to deep dive into the concepts of this movie the other bit red flag for me is Will Smith and not for the reasons you think um, I still think Will Smith can absolutely carry a movie I think he's fine for this the only problem is the whole concept is you're being chased by your younger self. Will Smith hasn't aged in 25 years. Yeah. Get an actor like Robert Redford or uh, Clint Eastwood, someone that actually does age. Will Smith hasn't aged. You just make him clean shave and give them the same haircut. Granted the effects that they'd have to make him look like he did in his Fresh Prince days look amazing. But to me, that could just be Will Smith because Will Smith hasn't aged at all.
1: Yeah, it's... There's not that much of a disparity between the
0: older Will Smith and the younger Will Smith, at least visually to me. Yeah, oh, totally. The other great memes that I've seen on this is Will Smith's gotten so egotistical, the only actors he's willing to work with now are himself. Or his
1: son. And even then it was a stretch. Take a knee. Oh, yeah, Jeez. After Earth. That's Jeez. bad enough. I I got a bad
0: feeling about this movie, man. It Yeah. I, I think this is like another Blade Runner waiting to happen. Except Blade Runner was good. Exactly. It's just flop. I don't think this one will be good, though, either. Will Smith has made some very poor choices in recent years of movies to be in, whether it's After Earth, like we talked about, still on the fence about his Aladdin, um... Seven pounds didn't really bring in the audiences that were expected. Um, he's done a couple real questionable ones, and I don't know if this is the one that's going to get him back on track or not. I'd like to see him get back to his Independence Day popularity, but I I just don't see it anymore, man. Uh, you have any more thoughts before we move on to the main discussion? No, I think that'll do, my man. All righty. Well, before we go to our main discussion, this week's episode is brought to you by Cheeseburgers. Why Cheeseburgers? Because of Endgame, man. I got those feels so hard at the end. Because, oh. for those of you who remember, what was the first thing Iron Man asked for when he was rescued in the first Iron Man movie? I want hey. a press conference, and I want cheeseburgers.
1: cheeseburgers. So let's do this real quick. Um, This is your for, your... Second and uh, final warning, uh, there's going to be a ton of spoilers coming up. <laughs> um, yep.
0: Yeah, once again, so spoiler warning. I don't think Cheeseburgers in and of itself is a spoiler, but we'll explain why if you haven't seen it later. But um, yeah, before we get into our main discussion, Josh, what are your
1: general thoughts on the film as a whole? I loved it. I uh, I think my the main thing I've been saying when people ask me about it is, legitimately if there is no not another event uh marvel movie after this perfect this ties the whole 10 years saga up with a bow
0: yeah i it's weird to say i feel bad for far from home of like all right well you're just kind of here now yeah like i'm so So, excited for it because i feel like the responsibility is now on it to set up future movies yeah. Yeah, you've said I, it perfectly. I, this does wrap up on literally everything. It pulled together so many movies that I was not expecting at all. Um I was on defense my first one after a rewatch there is no debate. This is my new favorite MCU movie. Oh, no doubt. I I I've, I think
1: the thing I love the most about this is <laughs> bro like you know how the other ones try to it all the other Marvel movies it feels like they're like trying to play catch up. Like, okay guys, like I know you're not familiar with this content. So here's a quick backstory story. Here's our movie. All right, cool. You're all, you're all on board. Whereas this one goes, y'all have had a decade to watch the movies. Yeah. So 22 um, movies yeah, in, if, if you're
0: having, not on uh, board by now,
1: sorry, not our fault. Yeah, exactly. And I really appreciated it for that. I think, you know, one of my, always one of my biggest complaints was of Marvel movies is, Part, and I understand they have to, but sometimes they do it in a, in an in a intelligence insulting way.
0: Yeah, they really dumb it down. This one is just like, all right, hold on tight. We're going to back to the future to this real hard. Yeah. All right. So what we're talking about doing is we're going to try and remember more or less uh, how the film laid out and just kind of talk our way through what we remember about it. So um, the film opens up with a scene that we've been discussing for a while. It's probably going to be the opening. You could see it coming a mile away, but it still did not make it any easier to watch. And it was um, Hawkeye, who was just Agent Barton at the time. Uh, I bring that up for a very specific reason that I'll get back to in a second. Uh, Agent Barton on house arrest with his three kids and his wife just having a great picnic. He's teaching his daughter uh, how to shoot bow and arrow. Uh, And I bring up the whole Hawkeye thing because he calls her Hawkeye, and I genuinely yeah. believe we've never heard the name Hawkeye before in a movie yet. I I would have to go back and rewatch. actually, yeah. Because they call him the Hawk in Avengers. Well, they call him
1: Clint sometimes. They call him Clint Almost every sometime. time, or Agent Barton. Yeah, huh. So
0: the first time we hear Hawkeye is him talking, telling his daughter that she's Hawkeye. Which just makes the following scene that much harder to watch because you see dude. the kids um it's like what do you want on your hot dog mayo which who puts mayo on a hot dog so let's not talk about that you um, do
1: yeah dude i'm with the Blitzen. i'm with the weird kid that said just ketchup i, I love him that was hilarious but like no cuz you do my process is okay and we're going to have a quick sidebar cuz this needs to be talked about I don't appreciate being insulted on national, on, you know, on a national scale. Um, you go, you have your bun right, and then you do your mayo, then you do shredded cheese, the hot, actual hot dog, crushed chips, and then ketchup. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> I don't no, even we know to. what to say to that. <laughs> Bro, don't knock it until you try it, all right? <laughs> I will say, though, that the thing
0: that I've always admired about Hawkeye and his family is – They're one of the few characters that feel like a genuine family. Like Tony and Pepper, I've never really bought that family dynamic. Even later in the film when we're introduced to the rest of his family that he had five years later, that never felt real. Hawkeye's family, that felt like a real family. So when you see him turn around and his daughter's gone, you feel that. Like you know it's coming too and it doesn't make it any easier. And what makes it worse is they don't play any music at all. So you're just sitting in silence, and he turns around, and the three others are gone. And he's just screaming into the void trying to find his family. And it's so hard to watch, but it immediately sets the stakes for the rest of the movie. And some people, I've seen a lot of people say that they don't like the first half of the movie because it's slow. I like it because you and I have complained for a lot of years now that Marvel, it never feels like there's any stakes involved. The first half of Endgame really is just showing the stakes of, yeah, we lost. We lost so much because of what we did.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that opening scene just, oh, man, it's gut-wrenching. And to think when we saw that first Avengers movie that years later, Hawkeye would be one of my favorite characters. I'll be honest now, I think the two best characters in the whole movie aren't Captain America, or Iron Man. I think it's Thor and Hawkeye. They're the emotional
1: oh, core of the movie. Oh, okay. So when uh, you know the 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 theme plays or you know the Marvel logo does goes or whatever, and I'm like, and you, I, I'm keeping in mind what what you and I talked about and about how we thought think they're going to open it, and we're just kind of like, all right, let's see how they how they, what, what they do, and it it just opens with. Him teaching his daughter archery, and I just I audibly went, "Oh no!" Because I, I was not about to be ready, and I was from that moment on, I was locked in emotionally. Because it was a very dang, emotional movie, just across the board:
0: happy, gut wrenchingly sad, so victorious, upset. everything.
1: Nathan, I am upset. All right, no, we're do they get off having like all the decade of movies where they don't affect me really on any level emotionally. And then they bring this out and it just, Oh, see, that was just the beginning, man. It gets worse down the
0: road. Oh, but, I agree. Um, We have flash forward to uh Nebula and Iron Man playing um paper football, which I, I really enjoy that scene actually. I wish we got more scenes after that of Nebula and Tony because that was a dynamic that I actually think really, really worked, but we didn't get enough of it. Uh, Captain Marvel comes in, saves the day. That disappointed me, not because it was Captain Marvel, but I really wanted Tony to figure out a way to get them back as a nice callback to the first Iron Man when he had to science himself a solution to get home, to escape. It would have been a nice... Full circle, but this movie already does enough full circle stuff, so I get why they didn't do that. The effects that they did on Iron Man to make him look scrawny and oh um,
1: starved is incredible. It was it was really alarming actually because and I'm I need to go back and look at the trailer because I don't think he looks that sickly. In the trailer,
0: I don't think he does either. Not that bad. He looked awful, oh. especially when he eventually gets back to Avengers Tower, uh, the Avengers base, because there's no Avengers Tower. That's Fantastic Four. Uh, eventually, uh, when he gets back to Avengers base, and arguably Iron Man's best scene in the whole movie, when he's like, "You said we'd lose together, you liar. You were nowhere to be seen. We were, t- you were apart." Which I'm just going in the back of my mind because of you, Tony. You're the one that split everybody up. But that yeah. scene when he snaps at everybody. Oh
1: man. That's rough. Yeah. That was the kind of the one thing about Tony's arc here is at no point does he go I screwed up. It's time for me to you know turn around, turn the, these things around.
0: Which like Um remind me when we get to the end with his big moment at the end. There's something I didn't catch the first time that's really really big that I caught the second time that really concludes his arc well but yeah uh I, tony has never been more selfish than he was in this movie never been more selfish but never been more selfless really
1: I'll, I'll 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 give him a little bit i think this it this doesn't this movie doesn't make me like tony but it doesn't make me hate him more if that makes sense
0: yeah this i tony is still my least favorite avenger but i do feel like he did redeem himself by the end of this movie, not like full on Darth Vader redemption, but he at least redeemed himself for Civil War and Infinity War. Age of Ultron that's totally still on him, but whatever. Yeah, um, so the Avengers get some energy ping somehow, uh, because Deus Ex Machina they need information somehow. Uh, Thanos used the stones again, but we find out Thanos used the stones to destroy the stones, so the Avengers go in. Holy crap, did they go in guns a-blazing. They take out Thanos so quick. Not only that, they take him out permanently. Like, for a PG-13 movie, I was not expecting a brutal Game of Thrones-style decapitation
1: of Thanos. I, I think, though, that was the thing is, for me at least, that, like, what they did it, but, like, he was so weak and so like not thanos and they did it and it was like what well, that can't first of all that can't be the end i well, thought first, first of all was a you're 10 minutes movie.
0: in so yeah it can't be the yeah, end. yeah it,
1: exactly i was like that there's no way and so then then the question is okay where do we go from here and then it honestly felt a little cheap of of for them to do that for the avengers to do that and it's like well, you're just and I think maybe that was the point of the scene: was you're just emotionally acting out what you what you should have done, and why you're so frustrated.
0: Which I like that it was not a rational thought that they did; it was an emotional thought of, uh, "What do we do? We we just get the stones. How do we do it? We'll we'll just get them. Like they don't have a plan." Which I actually like that it was emotional, dr- emotion driven to the point of when they get to that great, uh, they just cut to black. And then I remember in my theater when they do that five years, and as soon as years pop up, the whole crowd just, <gasps> no. And it's like, yeah. well, what do you think was going to happen? But I liked that we flash forward in time, and it wasn't just like, well, they figured it out five months later. Like, no, the world has to deal with these consequences. And I like that at the end, they do but don't undo. They bring everybody back, but those five years of pure hell still happened. Yeah. So we get to five years later, and the world is just crap. Like, real bad. And I've really... It sounds dark, but I enjoyed seeing defeat for once. Because it just makes the victory at the end that much sweeter. But man, everything's real bad. But somehow... I try not to think about it too hard, because... This is a big old plot hole. The real hero of this movie is a rat? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So a rat somehow knows the combination to get Ant-Man out of the quantum realm.
1: Did, well, was so it literally I, just press a button? Yeah, it was very... Uh, he happened to walk across the right sequence of buttons. And you know what? Maybe that's the thing. Maybe... it. In order to have a chance to reset everything, there had to be something otherworldly, I guess. I don't know, man. Like, I just, it is, I wouldn't say it's a plot hole. I would say maybe it's a plot point that could have been explored more, I guess.
0: You know what would have been nice is um, Stan Lee's final cameo. He's like um, clearing out uh, that. Claw, he's cleaning out the uh, storage locker and accidentally drops the panel, and that turns it back on. Yeah, and that's what brings him nice.
1: back. Which, speaking of his cameo, how did you feel? I, I didn't look like him, in my opinion. It was.
0: I don't blame them because they didn't know at the time that it would be his last one. But for a last one, it was kind of lackluster. Yeah, they did use uh, the whole digital de aging on him. Um, it was just, it was odd. I'll say that.
1: Yeah. But so Rat unleashes Ant-Man again, which I'm glad that they did bring that back and acknowledged that that was a thing.
0: Which brings me to one of the surprisingly emotional moments of the movie. I'm not a huge Ant-Man fan, but when he goes home to make sure that his daughter is still alive and still okay, that got me, man. That really got me in the feels. And seeing... He's missed five years, like Rumble Stiltskin style. Not Rumble uh Rip Van Winkle. There we go, uh, Rip Van Winkle style of he's gone. He's missed out on these years, and he sees his now teenage daughter, and the moment together is like, mm, wasn't expecting that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and she comes out, and even like you as a, a viewer aren't sure of like is is she is is that her? It could it be?
0: And then just the look on his face, you're just like, oh, that that's some acting by Paul Rudd there. It's because he's amazing. Captain in Halloween 6. So he goes to um, Black Widow and Cap, who neither of them are okay. Like, you can tell these guys are messed up. They are not handling this loss well. Uh, but Black Widow, I really like this moment, especially from Black Widow, of more than not, like, Female characters, or any combo characters, have this tendency to like. They have to look good on a poster. They have to look good in the moment for marketing and stuff. She's yeah. disheveled. She just looks like a beat up, run down character, and she just looks vulnerable and human. And I appreciate that aesthetic of this is someone that's seen some crap. Man has been a has a lot of stuff on her plate. She's more or less the director of Shield right now because there's no one else. Yeah. And then Steve with the great line of, I would offer to cook you dinner, but you look pretty miserable already. Yeah. Like, ha ha
1: ha ha ha, ha. We get it. You're so funny. Which but I then, still would, yeah. I wish they would have, have explored that more. Yeah. I, nah. the, of all
0: scenes, that's one that I wish was a minute or two longer because I've always liked the relationship between Black Widow and Captain America. Like to me, that's one of the closest friendships in the Avengers, besides maybe Black Widow and Hawkeye. It was Black Widow and Captain America. They, since Winter Soldier, they've had this like really good rapport and chemistry together that I buy them as friends. So I like that scene. And then Ant Man oh, comes along and it. like, hey guys, I don't know what's going on, but I think I may have a solution. Is that anybody's sandwich? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't eaten in like five hours. Uh, five years, Ant Man, and he's just like, I know this sounds weird, and Black Widow's like, I get an e, I get emails from a raccoon. Nothing's weird anymore. Yeah. Which Black Widow's got quite a few good moments in this. We'll talk about her main one later. Um, so they go to Iron Man, who you could see it coming a mile away. Um, has a daughter now named Morgan. And this is when I start to not like Iron Man because um, it's what. Uh, Cap, Black Widow, and Ant-Man that go to Iron Man. And Ant-Man straight up tells him, dude, I lost, like, my whole family. Millions of people lost their family. So you're not even thinking about change? You're not even thinking about going back to fix it because you got what you want? Iron Man straight up tells him to his face, no, I can't help you. I'm like, okay, dude. Whatever happens to you later, you fully have it coming to you, man. That's not okay.
1: Yeah, and... I just am not a fan of him. And and really even in this moment and like, yeah, he kind of like later on, he's like explores the time technology thing and he gets like shocked that it could actually work. And even then he comes out with the normal Tony shtick. Of, yeah,
0: I told you it wouldn't work. I'm just like, dude, just shut up. Okay. Yeah. Like, he's he he becomes a very unlikable character. As soon as you told me you would much rather put your own family over the billions of other people that died, that's when I really started to hate you more than I have before. And that's saying something. Yeah. But then, just when I start to hate Iron Man a whole bunch, he comes along more or less saying, hey, let's make up, let's fix this. Brings back Cap Shield, which wasn't as much of a good, heartfelt, feel-good moment as I was expecting it to be. It was just kind of like, all right, we got business to take care of. We'll take care of this later.
1: Yeah, it's... And even the moment where it gives him the shield is like, okay, cool, I guess.
0: Now, that was supposed to be emotional. To me, the real emotional scene is um, when Hulk and Rocket Raccoon enter an indie movie and are sitting in the back of a a truck on their way to new Asgard. Oh yeah. Just the music that's playing as they're sitting in the back of the truck. I'm just like, did I just step into a Wes Anderson movie?
1: I mean, I wish it had been. The Rocket Hulk. (laughs) Bro, I would pay for Wes Anderson to do a movie with Hulk and Rocket. and. You wouldn't like me when I get angry. It has Edward Norton already in it. So We're
0: we're almost there already. Rocket and Hulk go to New Asgard um, to take care of... to try and recruit Thor back to the Avengers. Now, this scene is great because we only have maybe a quarter of the Asgardians left because they've been royally screwed over because Asgard just blew up. They got half their people killed by Thanos, and then half of that were snapped away. So there's like a quarter of them left in this small village, but thank goodness Valkyrie survived the snap, and she's more or less taking on responsibility because, surprise, Thor's a fat drunk, and I kind of love it.
1: Oh, I loved it. As soon as he showed up, I was like, yes, especially because of the hair and beard. It was full-on God of War. He really does.
0: But then the real important people survive the snap. Korg and Meek playing Fortnite.
1: Here's the thing, man. I, I saw that and I was like, oh, Nathan has to be so happy right now. There's only one scene in the whole movie that
0: I pop louder for besides Korg and Meek showing up. And we'll get to that later. But so Korg, Meek, and Thor are all just chilling in this lighthouse um, playing, call of, uh, playing Fortnite, getting drunk, making fun of people on live. Um, but then, holy crap, does Chris Hemsworth bring his acting a game of, he's just being a drunk idiot, pretending he doesn't have any problems, just having fun. And then Hulk's like, we need you. We found a way to beat Thanos. And as soon as, uh, Thanos is mentioned that, com- complete tone of the scene changes, and it's so somber. Like, my whole theater went from laughing and jovial of this is funny to, oh, yeah, let's let's talk about why we're really here. It's like yeah. talking, making a joke, and then remembering you're at a funeral, and you have to address the real issues in the room. And just the look on Thor's face as he goes from, oh, yeah, it's my fault everyone's gone and just having to wallow in it. And then I liked that the fact that they brought in rocket and Hulk to snap him out of it. Cause it plays on both infinity war and Ragnarok of Hulk's like when I became the monster, when there was no hope for me, you, you got me out. Now I want to get you out and get you back in the game. It's just, a. it was a good callback, bringing everything full circle. This movie does a fantastic job of just bringing everything full circle. Honestly.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I've always liked Hulk and Thor's chemistry, and this is one of those really great little moments. This movie excels in the little moments. Marvel has always done really well with the little moments, but this movie is comprised of both big moments and little character moments, and the little character moments to me are always the most important because that's what makes people care. It's what made the $357 opening weekend because people care about the characters, and character is built in the small moments. So they get Fat Thor, which... As soon as I saw that it was fat, drunk Thor and I knew that we were going back in time, Back to the Future 2 style, I thought there was going to be a comedic scene where he gets mistaken for Volstagg, one of the Warriors 3, the fat, bearded one. Yeah. Like Thor meets his former self and it's just like, Volstagg, what happened to you? Type of thing.
1: It would have been nice. But I, I do enjoy what they did with, it, with him in that section.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that for a little bit. So um, the Avengers realize they need to go back in time and get the stones from different time periods. So three stones are in New York at one given time. Uh, they need to go to Morag, Vormir, all the different places that the, souls, the soul stones are at. Not just the soul stone, all the stones. Um, we need to go to Thor the Dark World, the least liked, star, uh, least liked MCU movie thus far. And just a quick side tangent they are all the Avengers are kind of giving different rundowns of the stones and Thor's responsible for talking about the ether, which was in Thor, the dark world. I felt like that whole scene was just Marvel taking subtle shots at themselves for Thor, the dark world and knowing that no one likes it. Yep. i am just like, yeah, this happened. And yeah, this happened. I don't, I don't really remember. It was kind of forgettable, but whatever <laughs> these things happen. It's like, are you, are you guys making fun of Thor the Dark World? <laughs> and then they well, revisit Thor the Dark World. And again, we get hit with some
1: really emotional stuff when Thor runs into his mom. Yeah. And honestly, like, you kind of forget how big of a deal that was for Thor because Dark World was so forgettable in general. But regardless, <laughs> um, you forget, like, what all happens in that movie. And, like, the way that... He, <laughs> the way he tries to sneak up on his mom and his mom <laughs> sneaks up on him is, is great. And it, I love that, that, that she just that kind of rolls with it. It was just like, you're Thor,
0: but a Thor from a different time. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And she's like, dude, I was raised by witches. This is not weird to me. I'm okay. Yeah. And he's just like, this, this, it's so good to see you. And she just rolls with it. It's a great mother son moment. And i really like oh. that. I never really cared about her too much because she didn't get that much screen time, but I cared about her in this moment. I I was happy for Thor that he got to spend a little bit more time with his mother. But let's be honest, the real reason they went back in time was one, for the ether, and two, so they could figure out a way to bring Mjolnir in for
1: later in the movie. Exactly. That was the only reason. However, Mm -hmm. before we move on, the big thing, the big little little detail that I, I got that i really did appreciate and it's something that they don't mention in the other movies and they don't necessarily mention it in the scene but if you know nordic lore it's obvious and that's that thor's mom always knows the future so she already knows that she's about to die she already knows you know everything that's happening so the fact that thor shows up isn't surprising because she saw she's already knows it's about to happen. As, mm-hmm. so and you can tell that by her reaction. Like, no, like, yeah, you're, you're here. Uh, like, you're just like you're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Um, two more things. I love when Thor gets Mjolnir that he doesn't um, automatically become the Thor he was before. Like, I thought as soon yeah, as he gets X. the hammer, he'd lose the weight, he gets the hair back, he becomes the classic Thor, the good-looking Thor that we all know. No, he, he's still fat and drunk dude. Yeah, but
1: he's still a B- Big Lebowski. Yeah, they even call him Big Lebowski. Yes, they do. Because he looks exactly like him. Or I love when they're going to mission
0: briefing. Uh, is he asleep? Is he dead? But uh, the other great thing that I like about the Thor the Dark World flashback is um, Rocket's pep talk. He's like, um, I've lost literally everyone. I don't have any family left. I don't care about you or the rest of the Avengers, but can you please help me get my family back? And I was like, yeah, Rocket, let's do this one for you, man.
1: Absolutely. Like, he just... Man, Rocket was a surprising emotional center for this movie. Yeah, he's come a long way.
0: Him and Thor work together really, really well. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later uh, when we talk about, like, the ending of the movie. I want more of these characters. I want more of Thor interacting with the Guardians as a whole. Well, it's a good thing we're going to get that. As Guardians of the Galaxy. Ah. Um. What else was going on? Oh, we have different teams. So that's what Thor and Rocket were doing. You have some of the main Avengers with Hulk, um, Iron Man, and Cap going back to the Battle of New York, which would explain those set photos that came out a while back. um, I really enjoyed visiting, revisiting the Battle of New York um, and all the references that came with it. Uh, We got, obviously, references to the first Avengers with the Battle of New York, but we also got a surprising amount of Winter Soldier references, which I didn't think we would get, primarily because Winter Soldier is, if ever there was a self-contained, MCU movie of, like, this is very much just itself. and it doesn't really tie into any, anything else. It's Winter Soldier. However, there's several really awesome callbacks that I, as a huge Winter Soldier fan, it was my favorite up until now. Um, given that that was my favorite, there's several great callbacks of the elevator scene. As soon as it happened, I was like, oh, Winter Soldier again? And Cap gets in the elevator, and I half expected him to be like, alright, before we do this, does anybody get, want to get out? But then they switched it up, and they did the Hail Hydra
1: which is a great callback to the comic book storyline they just did. Yep, which
0: everyone hated. I mean, so it was like, yes. Marvel poking fun at themselves. Yeah, exactly. And then, as soon as Cap has it, another Winter Soldier reference with the shot composition when he runs into himself, his past self, and Captain America fights Captain America. The way that that shot is very much like Cap and Winter Soldier fighting at the end of Winter Soldier, and it was great. Yeah. Bucky's alive! Sucker punch in the face.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's
0: like I could do. I I missed it the first time, but um, when 2012 Captain America's like I could do this all day, and 2019 Cap's like I know. Well, I get it. I I, I yeah. I know I know. Shut up. <laughs> no, Captain America should have used that line later in the
1: movie. Yeah, but I do like how they used it, and I love. I love um, and I don't know if you're going to, if you have to bleep this out or whatnot, but I love the America America's ass line. That was I, great. That is so funny.
0: Oh man. They really lingered on that one too. Like really a couple did. extra
1: seconds. I was like, all righty. <laughs> yep. Like this is about as long as we need to do this.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and then something happens and they need, Tony and Cap need to go even further back. So they go to 1970, which we didn't really get a whole lot of backstory of why they need to go to 1970. That was the only part that was kind of odd. They need more pim particles to go to do more time traveling. Um, which why didn't
1: Cap just steal all the pim particles? Uh because then there would be none left for, you know, the creation. No, I don't know. That no, that that
0: that's a good solution to that. Uh, but then we have what I'm sure was supposed to be an emotional moment with Iron Man meeting his dad and it was something that gets paid off from Civil War when Civil uh, when Tony says at the beginning of Civil War, I never got to say goodbye to my dad. Um, now he does. But yeah. still, again, I don't care about
1: Tony, so I don't care about this scene. Yeah. I mm, I, I do like some of the inter- that interaction. Um I like the the fact that, and really, if you if I was to go back and watch it, um, they already put the thought into Steve's head right then of if he can go back and spend the rest of his life with with uh, is it Maggie, Peggy, is it Maggie? Yes, Maggie.
0: when he's with when Maggie. he's hiding in the office. How does she not notice him? Because she, apparently she
1: she's an idiot.
0: Yeah. Uh, but that's actually peppered pretty subtly throughout, and I'm really I'm really glad how that uh ultimately paid off in the movie. If there's one part that I would cut from the movie, it would be Cap and Iron Man going back to 1970. It it's kind of just there. It felt like to kill time and get the yeah, test rack because they messed it up.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I, I feel like it was just there to it was just there to like. Get try to give Tony some emotional center too.
0: Yeah, just kind of somewhat get you back on his side. But I'm still just like, eh. Um, I mean, and it was it was a decent way, but it wasn't the best. However, when we talk about emotional stakes, we gotta get to the soul stone with Black Widow and Hawkeye.
1: So as soon as they land on that planet, I for some reason. And, and this – to the movie's credit, I was so engrossed in what else was happening that uh, I completely forgot.
0: What, oh, no. I didn't. It's, it's worse gonna when you know it's coming. Like it's like knowing – it's like Halloween. Seeing Michael Myers slowly behind somebody that they don't know he's there. It's that anticipation of just knowing the end is coming. I remember from Infinity War something's got to give – and I'm just wondering the whole time, all right, who's it going to be? Is it Hawkeye? Because that, that was who my candidate was because he sacrificed himself to bring his family back. So this whole time we were just like, is it going to be Hawkeye? Is it going to be Black Widow? One of them is not coming back. To be yeah. honest, though, when they get there, I thought it was going to be played for comedy because of how serious um, that scene was in Infinity War. I thought Red Skull be like, you must sacrifice something you love. And then Hawkeye, like, takes off his bow and throws it into the pit and be like, well, Love that,
1: yeah. It was no, they it played it serious, just,
0: like yeah, real serious.
1: Well, and even then, like the fact that they both wanted to be the one, really, like oh, like they were almost what, beating each be- other up
0: to make sure that they didn't jump, which made just made it that much harder, man. Yeah, absolutely. And just Black Widow being completely okay with it, of like. Hey, I've done my mission. You have a family to go report back to.
1: It's it, it's an incredible moment, and then it was having that that I think it felt like ten twenty seconds of Jeremy Renner just reacting to the actual vivid vividly bloody corpse of Scarlet was incredible. Black, yeah, I said Scarlett. Not the same person. I mean, Scarlett Scarlett Johansson is. is oh, okay, is, okay, okay. I was thinking. Um, <laughs> I know. Okay, I know what you mean, but still. Um, but first of all, I I guess I wasn't aware how well Jeremy Renner acts. This um, dude carried the emotional
0: weight of this movie on his back. He's got a couple dude. heavy scenes. He really
1: does. It's it's incredible, dude.
0: Oh, flashing back, we completely skipped over it. That scene when he's Ronin. Holy crap, dude! Oh, I want a man.
1: Ronin movie. Oh, dude, it's Ronan really, versus uh, John Wick, please. Oh, dude. But like, but, even like, with his reasoning is so uh, is so Hawkeye. It's so Clint. Like that's such a a military
0: mindset. But then we go back to the emotional core when he takes that mask off. He's just a mess and you immediately feel for him. You're just like, oh man, you, you've been through the
1: ringer. Absolutely. Which is which I guess in some ways makes me feel even worse that um that he can't deal with the fact that people are gone.
0: Oh, uh he's also got that other emotional moment of when they're doing the test run for the time travel and they send him back as the test dummy and he goes back home. And he sees he's trying to see his daughter one more time, just in case it doesn't work. Yeah,
1: yeah he comes back absolutely. with the baseball
0: glove, and you're just like, "Oh man, it is better work." Yeah, it's it's rough. So all the Avengers minus Black Widow come back, and all of them are celebrating, and then the realization hits that she's not there. I wish we dealt
1: dwelt on that more. Oh yes, but the amount of time that we do dwell on it is rough enough.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's, we don't get, a. I feel like the Russos never really, the Russos were like the fans. They never really bought into Mark Ruffalo and Scarlett Johansson with the whole Hulk and Black Widow thing. So any movie past Age of Ultron, whenever the Russos took over, they dropped that subplot entirely almost. Like, it's Hulk kind of mentions Black Widow here, but not extensively.
1: But he definitely, like, it definitely comes across more as, oh, man, my friend's dead rather than... Yeah, not my
0: ex or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But, yeah, everyone's back. Tony, I didn't mind this nearly as much as I thought I would, but uh, Tony makes an infinity gauntlet of his own that can hold all the stones, and they decide that... um, Needs to be Hulk because Hulk's the only one powerful enough. Although I love that Thor is like desperate to be the one to do it. He's like, please, please let me redeem myself. And I love that. i was just like, please, I've let me do something right. Let me do something. Yeah. Which absolutely. at first he's playing it for comedic relief, but then the more he begs, it's just like, no, he he just wants to do something right. Yeah. So
1: he it's all part of his art.
0: Yes. So Hulk snaps his fingers and the day seems to be restored back to normal. We don't see anything. Ant-Man like, goes outside. The sun's shining. And then Ant-Man gets blasted in the face by Thanos' cannons because Thanos this whole time has discovered that he was successful in the snap in the year 2014. So, In the future, he learns that he'll snap and eventually will kill him. So... 2014 Thanos comes through the time machine that was opened by him for by Nebula. I'm losing my words here. And here's where we get our big finale. Thanos 2014 Thanos, the one that's still alive comes and just decimates the Avengers base and good grief. The audience reaction when Hulk opens his eyes after he does the snap, because everyone thinks he's almost dead. Um, when he looks up and he sees the shots coming down from the ship, everyone's reaction of, <gasps> oh, I, I live for those type of reactions of like, all right, we have a victory. And as soon as they get a victory, they get their legs cut out from underneath them. It's it's just great storytelling. Oh, it
1: really is.
0: And then sets up this finale, which honestly, I've not seen a finale this good since Return of the King.
1: Well, and it's really funny because, um, and maybe it's the wrestling fan in me, but um I could feel when the turn, like the little the turns were about to happen. When it was like, oh yeah, yeah, oh cut off, oh build, 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 cut off, build, 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 build cut off, and then all of a sudden, oh here we go, our heroes. Here's the big babies comeback, babies. literally. So, comeback.
0: I love the moment where Thanos is just sitting on his chair, and Thor is just staring at him from the top of the hill, and they're just staring at each other and. Cap and Iron Man come to him, and he's like, what's he been doing? He's just sitting. Hadn't done anything. He's just waiting. You know it's a trap, right? Yep. We're still going to go down there? Of course. All right, just wanted to make sure. And then Thor wields not only Mjolnir, but Stormbreaker too, and then somehow, when he gets them both, his beard becomes braided, and he becomes the ultimate
1: Norse god. So here's the thing, man. That's the look. Like, if we can get the muscle back, too, and get... Oh, man, that is the Thor look I have been begging for. Yeah, I didn't mind that Thor. But, yeah,
0: it's the like three of them oof, versus Thanos oof. in the ultimate fight.
1: It really... And then and then we have that moment where Cap wields. Wait, fight. we got to build fight. up to that. And so, then and it, I think my favorite part of that is not necessarily Cap getting the... the the hammer it was thor going i know i knew it yeah i missed that
0: the first time because my theater was cheering so loud myself included so that scene was a nice callback to infinity war of thanos has stormbreaker pressed up against thor he's not actually wielding stormbreaker but he's like pressing stormbreaker into thor's chest and you're like oh gosh he's about to stab him in the chest um then mjolnir and literally a scene echoing the force awakens with um The snow, uh, Mjolnir starts to lift up and starts flying to Thor, but it flies past Thor to Captain America. And at that point, I genuinely don't think, well, I was about to say, I don't think I've ever heard a a louder crowd cheer in a movie theater, but that would be beaten five minutes later. Uh, My theater, holy crap, it erupted. And I almost stood up and screamed. I knew it. That was the one scene, more than any other, that we'll talk about here in a second, that I've wanted for years. But this is one moment that has been built up to the point of when it finally happened. It felt genuinely earned. It wasn't there of just like a, hey, this is a cool moment. No, this it just felt like this was the right time, the right place. This is what it's all been leading to. Of course, now Cap is worthy. And Cap yeah. starts putting a whooping on Thanos, and it's great. It's finally that hope spot of the movie, if this was a wrestling match. Of the it is a wrestling match, a and we both know it.
1: Huh? I said it is a rest, wrestling match, and we both
0: know it. It's the hope spot of, yeah. you finally get some hope, and he starts beating Thanos, not just with the hammer, but with the powers of the hammer, with lightning and everything else. And, of course, Thanos cuts him off. I'm actually getting worried about Cap at this point because not only is he getting beat, Thanos is, like, breaking the shield, which is a nice um, fulfillment from that dream sequence um, that Iron Man had in Age of Ultron. They really brought back a lot from Age of Ultron considering it could have been easily forgotten about, but they really did nice callbacks a lot of times from a ton of previous Marvel movies. Uh, But Cap's shield is getting just demolished to the point it's almost like half shield at this point and Thanos just beating the devil out of Captain America um Cap gets up heroically one last time and this is when Thanos brings in his reinforcements whole army and my favorite shot more so even than the shot that we'll talk about in just a second here my favorite shot in the whole movie is seeing Cap on a hill all by himself Dude. staring at the army of Chitari, of Thanos, and everyone else. Just like, I'm going down, but I'm going down with a fight still in me. And I was like, that, that is why you have Mjolnir. And I didn't that hear that? this um, the first time, because the crowd was cheering so loud, um, when Falcon's like, hey, Cap, can you hear me? And I was like, wait, wait, was that Falcon? Because you forget Hulk had snapped everybody back. So, at this point, Doctor Strange starts assembling everybody. And this is when the movie goes from great to one of the most iconic films of all time. And I'm not ashamed to say that now because this will go down as one of the biggest moments in movie history. Mark my words. So, we get a portal. And I like the decision to bring back Black Panther first. You got Black Panther, Okoye, who wasn't snapped, uh, and Shuri come out. And out flies Falcon on your left, which was another great callback to Winter Soldier. I Oh, I Mm -hmm. lost it there. But then... I lost,
1: dude. There's so many great scenes in this small section of the movie.
0: And then Black Panther comes out, but not just him. All of Wakanda comes out. He bombed by. My theater just screams back, I'm bombed by. And it was, (laughs) oh, it was great. And then out comes Doctor Strange with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And another huge crowd reaction, as out comes my boy, Spider-Man. Welcome back, Spider-Man. In terms of individual returns, Spider-Man obviously got the biggest reaction. Always will. Yeah, obviously. I think he could have gotten an entrance all to himself, because he kind of came in like the tail end of the Guardians, but whatever. He's got a great, great, funny moment later. Um. Out comes literally everyone you've ever seen, except for Hulk, which is, it's weird that Hulk wasn't in the final fight, but I guess he was still kind of injured from snapping his fingers?
1: Yeah, no, he is,
0: visibly. So, out comes Valkyrie, uh, giant Ant-Man, get the, oh, the, one of the greatest shots of the whole movie, besides Cap standing on the hill, seeing the whole army, the Avengers theme picks up, and these shots.
1: Ooh. Cap uses Ooh.
0: the force, essentially, to bring Mjolnir to him. Avengers,
1: assemble. And, then, and my ev- theory was cheering too loud that I stops. actually misassembled the first time. But oh. Oh. Dude, everything stops, too. Like, the music, all noise, everything stops, and it goes in on Cap, and he hits it hits everybody with the assemble.
0: Yeah, and just, the I want an endless looped gif of the hammer coming to him, Avengers, assemble, Avengers, assemble. Which, mm-hmm. uh, quick side note about the music for that scene. It's something that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about yet. Primarily because I've listened to this particular song on repeat. Because I love that scene so much and I just want to relive it. Uh, the song is called Portals off the official Endgame soundtrack. At the beginning of it, it's this like slow wartime trumpet music. If you listen carefully, it actually sounds like a slowed down version of Captain America's theme from the first Avenger um which is nice storytelling of cap's all by himself but he's the one that leads the charge he's the one that starts it so before we have the avengers theme we have cap's theme to start it because he was the first avenger he was the one to start it all so avengers assemble one of the greatest moments i've ever seen in the theater one of the greatest reactions i've ever seen in the theater my theater was raucous, myself included. I may or may not have blown out my vocals for Friday at work the next day.
1: (laughs) I mean, same, but...
0: (laughs) I I cheered so loud, but then you got this great battle scene of everybody doing their part. Everyone has a great moment to shine. It was literally a game of football, of everyone just tossing stuff here and there. Um, Captain Marvel coming in late in the game to make the save. Um, that's one of the few changes I've heard somebody make that, um, that whole great girl power moment of all the female superheroes. It shouldn't have been Captain Marvel with the gauntlet running the field. It should have been Nebula.
1: Oh, absolutely. She's been carrying the, that, that section of the, of the movie. Not just that. of, We just saw Captain Marvel super powerful.
0: She doesn't need backup. Nebula does because you could have just Nebula and Gamora and then, as they're running along, all the other women come alongside to help them get to that um, final goal. Then Captain Marvel can oh, fight yeah. Thanos and buy them some more time.
1: I agree. I think the big thing too for me was like they add, they kept adding more and more and more girls. So was, and so, you know, for me personally, I was like, "Oh man, this is a great shot! Oh man, this is a great shot! Oh man, this is a great shot!"
0: Yeah, I kept. I was just like. Who else are we missing? Oh, yeah, we got that one. We got Mantis. We got Gamora. We've got uh, Wasp. We got Rescue now. Like, just kept seeing more and more. Okoye, Shuri. This is great. hmm I love seeing them all together. And then, uh, who was it? Um, was it Cap that's got it? Got the gauntlet for a little bit there. And Black Panther's like, give me the gauntlet. And then Black Panther just hauls and takes it away. You're like, yep. Yep. Go, Black Panther. Go. It's um, all, it, I mean, he just,
1: all the little explosions too that he causes are, is great.
0: Yeah, I, mm, I very much enjoy Black Panther. Um, so that leads to Thanos and Iron Man having one more face-to-face confrontation. Ah, uh, Thanos just about snaps his fingers again. Captain Marvel makes a very close two-count save here. Like, even upon a rewatch, I was like, <gasps> oh gosh, because I forgot she made the save for a second there. Uh, and yeah. we have that great headbutt, headbutt spot where Thanos goes to headbutt Captain Marvel and she completely no-sells it. I was like, oh, why didn't she open with that?
1: Yeah, I. so uh, real quick, I think my least part, favorite part of this movie is Captain Marvel. I get why they limited her role though because she is a little too overpowered for this. I agree, but like her attitude... To me, is the worst. I I legitimately like just the way that she would she talked down to the Avengers, like you know other planets that need help, blah blah blah. Like you know, I'm gonna go take care of that. You guys, yeah, do call the Green Lanterns. To- yeah, wrong franchise. Uh, but it it gave me this like I guess bad taste in my mouth for her.
0: Well, we get back to Thanos and Iron Man. Thanos goes to snap his fingers one more time and it does nothing. And it's great because Iron Man has stolen all the stones and put them in his own gauntlet, which, first of all, that should have fried him as soon as he put those stones in. It should have. But no. Uh, Thanos is like, I am inevitable, which is the line he's been saying throughout. But then Iron Man's final words, which the more I think about it, it's just nuts that these are the last words Robert Downey Jr. ever said as Iron Man. I am Iron Man snaps his fingers and is like, dude I haven't liked you in a while but that is how Iron Man needs to go out like a boss just snaps Uh, also the rules are never defined very well for the Infinity Gauntlet so do you snap half the people or do you does it get you what you want? because it snaps all of Thanos' army away but it only wiped out half the earth
1: the rules are very complicated. I think in some ways it's it's more like um, you can do whatever you want, which if that's the case, like... Why, Bring Black why Widow would, back? Just, yeah,
0: like, I, I don't know. But yeah, this essentially just electrocutes the crap out of Iron Man. So he's, he's dead, basically. I kept, like, expecting him to say something, but he doesn't. He's just
1: fried. Well, and I love, and then we have this great moment t- between him and Spidey, which I almost cried, but I didn't. Was proud of myself. Um, but I, what the, what really got me was the moment between him and Potts. I never thought that that something like that would get yeah, me. Yeah, it didn't but, get me the first geez. time. It got me the
0: second time, and here's why. Um, I was like the first time I watched it. She tells him, um, "We're okay now. You can rest." I was just like. Okay, she thinks he's just going to nap and he'll be fine. Watching it the second time, she knows he's going to die and he's not going to make it out. She's telling him, you did your job. The world is safe now. We're fine. You wanted to put a shield around the world. You've always wanted to protect us no matter what. You've always been over the top in your protection. We're safe now. Now we're fine. You you can rest. You've done more than enough, Tony. I'm just
1: like, oh, man, that's rough to watch. And then it was rough, and then you get the funeral scene, which
0: I love the funeral scene i I did lose it in the funeral scene, not because I was sad for Iron Man, but I was overcome with emotion of realizing because of Iron Man, we have all of this, So I love that shot of just seeing, thanks to that first Iron Man movie, what all we have because of it. We have Captain America, we have Thor, we have the Guardians we have. Uh, winter soldier falcons scarlet witch all these characters it's just like the more we go along the more i was just got emotional just like all of this because of iron man that one yeah. movie so as much as i disagree with iron man a lot in recent movies i was like no matter how much i hate the character i can't fully hate him because without him
1: none of this would be a thing yeah Absolutely. And I think the the best detail for me of that scene is the random teenager by himself. You know who that is, right? Yeah, that's uh the kid from Iron Man Three. Yeah, a lot of people were
0: confused and I was like as soon as I saw it, i was like, Oh, you're the kid from Iron Man Three, way to pull it together.
1: Like that was a fantastic little little detail of it. Yeah, they could have left that out real easily, considering
0: Iron Man Three doesn't factor in a whole lot into the greater MCU. But yeah, it was nice to have that come back. To me, I'm more lost when Nick Fury shows up at the end. Just like how at the end of the first Iron Man, there's the end credits of, we're putting together a team, the Avengers Initiative. That's more or less what started everything. And so it's only fitting that it's Iron Man and Nick Fury ending it too. Yeah. It's great. And
1: then you have the fantastic scene with Cap.
0: Oh, man. I... No shame. I definitely cried during that scene. So I firmly believe all the characters in this movie get their um, right ending. Tony has deserved death for a long time. Like, he's cheated it. He's needed to take responsibility for his actions for a while, and he finally did. Whereas Cap has deserved a normal life. He's He's been robbed of a family for a long time. And so when he finally goes... Uh, Hulk's like, come back because you got to return the stones. He'll be back in five, four, three, two, one. As soon as we get the countdown, I'm like, he's not coming back. Where's he going to go? <gasps> Peggy. And then mm-hmm. Bucky is like, look over there. There's an old man out on the bench. And I'm like, oh no. No, 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 no. Um, which, quick side note before Cap goes in the time machine, fantastic callback of he hugs Bucky goodbye using the same lines that um, they said in the very first Captain America when Bucky went off to war of the whole, um, don't do anything stupid till I get back. How can I? You're taking all the stupid with you. Yep. I was like, oh, oh, man. Even as someone that's just kind of okay with the first Captain America, I'm warming up to it. That hit me. I was like, oh, man, way to to bring it full circle, guys. Uh, But Falcon goes over to old, old Captain America now. And, um, he's like, I see you've lived I, a life. He's I like, was nervous. Yeah. Honestly. He's like, yeah, I, I guess I have lived quite a life. Oh, I have something for you. He gives him the shield. He's like, go on, try it on. He's like, doesn't feel like it fits me. He's like, well, it should it's yours. He's like, Oh, yeah. Oh man. And then he's like, how does it feel? Like it belongs to somebody else. Well, it doesn't and in that moment i caught it the very first time i watched it in that moment when falcon has the shield the music from the first captain america movie that theme plays he's now captain america and i was like yep. oh oh man but also i've noticed on my second watch um as soon as cap gives bucky now gives falcon the shield falcon looks over to bucky to be like it, is, is that okay and he kind of gives them the nod. That hit me too. I was like, oh man.
1: That because and I think that was there for all of us fans who thought that they would go to Bucky first. But I mean, honestly, the more that I think about it, it makes sense. Because it was for set up in the Civil War,
0: War. <laughs> it was set up during the funeral, too, of um mm-hmm. Bucky being sad and Falcon puts his hand on Bucky's shoulder. The first time they more or less have any form of like actual
1: camaraderie. Yeah, and it's <laughs> I liked the moment. I mean to me, it tells me that they're eventually going to go with Bucky. But I, I've said it for right a while there, now. That Winter Soldier and Falcon
0: TV show is not gonna end up being called that. I think it's gonna be yeah. Captain America Winter Soldier show. With Absolutely. Falcon is Captain America. And then the film ends in the most perfect way it could have, with Captain America finally getting that dance with Peggy. And I I balled my eyes out. I was like, Oh man this this is how you wrap up a decade-long story in the best possible way. Yeah, absolutely. And then we didn't get an end credits, but we did the next best thing. We get all the main, we get all the supporting characters, like it's an Academy Award nomination or something, get all the supporting characters like ever in the MCU, which I thought was great. But then all the main six get their own little highlight reel. And I'll tell you what, I saw it with the crowd. Everyone just cheered and respected the crap out of all those main performers. But then when you get to cap and Iron Man deafening ovation, especially for Iron Man. just without you, we don't have this. So thank you. It's pretty great. I, to me, I don't know where the MCU goes after this. If we don't after Spider-Man, we could never get another MCU movie ever again. And I'd be, okay with that because of how yeah. perfectly this wrapped everything up
1: i i just yeah man i'm i'm kind of it, it, it like i said to start this it wraps everything with such a nice little bow that we don't need anything else now like okay that's why i think so while spider-man is because the question is obviously now that where where do we go from here so yeah, how do they adjust the five-year
0: time gap in Spider-Man? Also, exactly. Before we get sidetracked with Spider-Man, what happened to Vision? No, he's he's dead, dead like Loki. Yes, but he's a robot.
1: They can't rebuild him at all. Well, technically speaking, no, because the the Infinity Storm Stone is what gave him his, his life. Hmm. But I mean, I don't really care because I never cared for vision. Anyway,
0: True. Um, but he would have been a helpful asset in the finale. I guess. As a whole, I'll, this is definitely my favorite MCU movie by far. Um, great character work in the first half, great character work in the second half, interwoven with fantastic scenes. This was very much a love letter and a thank you to all the fans that have been with this franchise for. 10, 11 years now.
1: Absolutely. And it's the perfect way to end this saga. And it definitely, if if in fact Far From Home is the quote unquote end of phase three, it is more of a transitional end than it is like a, a, a period. It's an epilogue, essentially. Yeah.
0: Which I'm fine with. Any last minute thoughts on Endgame
1: before we take it home? No, man, I, I think, you know, for the most part, this is it's exactly what it needed to be. Yeah, and I'm I for one am pleasantly surprised because I think we both know and I was kind of vocal about how I didn't think that they were going to be able to pull it off.
0: Yeah, both of our expectations were exceedingly high, but the film still somehow surpassed them. We absolutely loved Endgame. Can't wait to see it again and again. Well, What did you guys think about? Uh, Avengers Endgame, let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing back from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're hearing us on, whether that be uh, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And as always, subscribe to us on the YouTube channel at Uncharted Media. And as always, stay sharp, movie guys and gals.